Welcome to the Home Talk Guys radio show. And believe it or not, today we're broadcasting from the bed of my pickup truck outside the Lumberjack Lodge overlooking our bucolic little town. That's right, and we are Ken and Mark, the Home Talk Guys. And we are here to pontificate on all things home and home improvement. Man, talk about being cramped. This is kind of ridiculous. You know, I knew you should have bought an extended bed when you got a truck. We need a truck like the Beverly Hillbillies had. Man, there was all kind of room on that back (laughs) platform. Granny even had a rocking chair. That would be mine if we could get that. You know, it's kind of hard to do a serious radio show from the back of a cramped short bed pickup. A serious radio show? Did our format change? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you know, demographically speaking, many of our listeners grew up after the Beverly Hillbillies aired. Yeah, too bad for them because they missed some great television. Let's see. Beverly Hillbillies, 1 Adam 12, Get Smart. Uh, the real Mission Impossible, not oh, yeah, that new yeah. crud. Mayberry RFD and I Dream a Genie. Now that was entertainment. That was Peter Lupus, right? In the, in the real Mission, Mission yeah. Impossible. Yeah, the strong man. <laughs> the strong man. And Greg Morris is the guy with the electronics. That's and that right. guy used to do the fake skin on his face. I oh, yeah. his name. Yeah. yeah. But you and know the, what? You're, you're dating yourself, man. And the tape recorder with the smoke coming out of it. That would destroy. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and enjoy the fresh air, the beautiful view, and give our listeners some good information and hopefully a few laughs. Besides, I'm working on a possible remote broadcast for next week's show with a brand new sponsor. A new sponsor? Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Oh, like DeWalt? No, Lowe's. No. No, maybe Ford Motor Company. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I based, you know, with the kind of lift listenership that we have, I won't be surprised if Ford wants to give us each a promotional truck. And I've had my eye on that new F-250 diesel for months now. <laughs> I don't want to burst your bubble, <laughs> but a word of advice, don't go selling your current truck. Huh. Well, this is exciting news. Uh, it's actually much more so than what happened at the courthouse last week. What's with you in the courthouse? Last week you had some story about a guy who was holding up people with tools. <laughs> yeah, and the, now more courthouse happenings? Well, Judge Doing Time is a big bagel aficionado like me. So I often see him at Big Bucks Coffee House and Wild Game Cafe in the morning. Well, it's, I guess it's always good to know the judge, especially the way you drive. But uh, <laughs> what happened this week? Well, the, the judge said there was a big trial on a slip and fall case that's against the school board, the plaintiff's attorney called old lady Hutchison to the stand as a witness. You mean our elementary school teacher? She's still around? Yep, and she's still sharp as a tack. (laughs) Once she was on the witness stand, the plaintiff attorney approached her and asked, Mrs. Hutchison, do you know me? She responded, why, yes, I know you, Mr. Bickers. I was your elementary school teacher, and frankly, you've been a big disappointment to me. You lie, you cheat on your wife, and you manipulate people and talk about them behind their backs. You think you're a big shot when really all you do is cause contention here in the Valley. So, yes, I do know you. Wow. Yeah, the lawyer obviously was pretty stunned, not knowing what else to do. He pointed across the room and asked, Mrs. Hutchison, do you know the defense attorney? Ooh, that's a dangerous question. Yeah, well... She said, why, yes, I do. I've known Mr. Weiner since he was a youngster, too. He was also my student. Frankly, he's lazy, bigoted, and has a drinking problem. He can't seem to build a normal relationship with anybody. And, you know, I haven't seen him in church for nearly a year now. But that's not surprising, as he cheats on his wife with three other women 
And hey, and one of them was your wife. Yes, I know him. Man, it seems like the attorneys were on trial. Yeah. The judge said the defense attorney nearly died right on the spot. I bet. Well, judge doing time, fearing questioning, farther questioning of the witness, quickly instructed both attorneys to approach the bench. In a very quiet voice, he said, if either of you idiots ask the witness if she knows me, I'll send you both to the electric chair. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Hutchison. <laughs> you know, she was a great teacher. No nonsense. But I can't believe she's still alive. Oh, she's still around, alive and kicking, as they say. You know, I remember once she called on me in class because I was yucking it up with the guys around me. And, of course, not paying attention. That's when they call on you, though. That's right. She sternly instructed me to name two pronouns. What'd you say? All I could say is, who? Me? (laughs) Very clever. Anyway, hey, you know what? We have lots packed into today's show, including another on-site job visit with America's Handies men, Max and Vinny. We also have more unique yet useful offerings from our Sawmill Valley sponsors, so thanks for tuning in. Indeed. Hey, whether you're listening via radio or on the Internet, email us with your questions about your home, home repair, or anything else for which you seek enlightenment. (laughs) Enlightenment, huh? Maybe more like uh, speculation and vacuity. Uh, That's probably more appropriate. Hey, 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 don't be so negative. We haven't let down a listener yet with our sage advice. Mm -hmm. Well, check that. My sage advice. Now, hey, folks, you can email your question to us at questions at hometalkguys.com. We monitor our email throughout the show. Our website is hometalkguys.com, and you can email us through the website as well. Hey, did the uh, Grand Master of the Level and Plum happen to mention what all was happening with the lodge renovation and when it might be completed so we can go back inside? I mean... You are my brother, but broadcasting from the back of this pickup truck is cramped (laughs) even for family. Well, he told me it was a total transformation for Christmas. The lodge is becoming Santa's workshops in hopes of bringing some joy to the valley after everything we've gone through this year with the pandemic. Wow. Well, that should be amazing. Let's see here. Uh, Since we had to move all the broadcasting gear into the bed of my truck, uh, let's go on with the show, huh? We'll grab an email and see if we can help somebody. Let's see. Here's one from Iris. Iris, huh? Perfect. As today, she'll be our pupil. <laughs> you get it? <laughs> yeah, I get pupil. it. It's weak. Iris, yeah. yeah. Weak, nothing. Sad. Hey, you know, speaking of pupils, did you ever notice that if you look really close, I mean really close, all mirrors look like an eyeball? <laughs> <laughs> can we get back to the email? Ooh, but I can tell already somebody woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. No, I just want to, you know, I want to help one of our listeners like Iris. She writes, my name is Iris, and I believe I live in Bryant, Alabama. I'm doing some repairs on my bathroom, and I need to replace some drywall because so many of the nails or screws holding the drywall in place popped out, making for a real mess. I don't want drywall pops to happen again, if at all possible. So how do you suggest I accomplish this? Thanks, Iris. Well, Iris, this is an excellent question. And you know what? Pops and drywall, that reminds me of my brother's jokes. What? How so? Well, you can't totally avoid them, and they're annoying when they occur. (laughs) Funny. Hey, (laughs) yeah, well, let me get back to Iris. You think of your jokes. You need more work. Iris, drywall pops generally occur when lumber shrinks and exposes the shank of a nail or a screw. 
When installing drywall, make sure the screws penetrate the stud by at least 5 eighths of an inch. Or if you're using nails, they should penetrate the stud by at least 7 eighths of an inch. But don't set the fastener too deep like I've done in the past because if you tear the paper on the drywall, it reduces the holding power of the fastener. Iris, we also recommend usually you should use screws rather than nails. And also apply wallboard adhesive, especially when doing ceilings. Applying adhesive will reduce the number of fasteners needed, and it helps eliminate pops in the future. But you need to check local codes because certain areas will require at least a minimum number of mechanical fasteners and drywall. Right. And when you do get the inevitable drywall pop, here's what you do. Just put a drywall screw about an inch and a half below or above the one that popped on the same stud and press the drywall firmly against the framing as you set the new screw. Yep. Then, after you've done that, remove or reset the popped fastener. Use a little bit of drywall tape and some drywall mud to patch your repair work. Once painted, it should look as good as new. And by the way, you're liable to see a lot more of these pops if your home was framed in the winter or in really damp season because then the next winter when the heat comes on, it dries that damp wood out, and that's when they pop. (laughs) Well, Iris, you know what? Thanks for your email and for having faith in us. We hope we helped. Faith in us? Hope? Man, you need more confidence. We are the Home Talk Guys. You don't get to our station in life without a proven record of success. <laughs> you know, success means different things to different people, don't you? Uh, what are you talking about? Well, consider this. At birth, success is being alive. At age three, success is not pooping in your pants. At age 10, success is having friends. At age 16, success is having a driver's license. At 40, success is having money. At age 70, success is having a driver's license. At age, at age 80, success is having friends. At age 90, success is not pooping in your pants. And at 100, success is being alive. Wow. Yeah, that's a little bit too much information. (laughs) But I'm wondering, is being on this show part of a success? Anyway, however, speaking of success, you know, I personally started a successful boat building business in the attic of my house. In your attic? Yes, sir. And sales are going through the roof. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. For you folks still listening. If you're still listening, good good for us. Yeah, if they are, it's likely because their tuner is broken. (laughs) Uh, We're going to take a quick break for a word from an exclusive one-of-a-kind sponsor. We'll be right back. Lefty here with another unbelievable tool from the Extra Hand Tool Company. You may find this hard to believe, but our R&D department has found a way that will make your kids want to help you to do the Honeydew list. Introducing the Honeydew Ultra Drone, or HUD for short, we have combined the best in drone technology, Da Vinci robotic capabilities, and NASA space arm research. Take a large, hardworking drone with a video monitor. Now add two highly sophisticated robotic arms, and the HUD is one of the best tools you can own. It comes in right or left-handed. Also comes in ambidextrous. Your kids will beg to use this device. Hey, while sitting in the comfort of the lawn chair, they can operate the controls to get things done. This amazing device can hover above your roof to clean your gutters, wash dormer windows, It can even clean and paint areas normally requiring an extension ladder. 
installing all those high Christmas ornaments will be a piece of cake. Or as Mark would say, a piece of biscotti. You'll never leave the ground again. In fact, with their video game experience, your kids will be able to brag, hey, that they can do a better job than you. There are endless chores the Honeydew Ultra Drone can do, thus making your life easier and safer. Who knows, your kids may get so skillful they will use this tool to wash the car, pick their clothes up off the floor, or push the lawnmower around the yard. Maybe your spouse will encourage you to use the HUD to replace the toilet paper roll or even lower the seat. We are sure you will have endless uses for the Honeydew Ultra Drone, so order one today. I'm Lefty saying, now's the time to put your kids to work. Back to Home Talk, guys. Welcome back to the Home Talk Guys radio show. It's time now for our big giveaway. Big giveaway? Uh, since when do we give away anything of value? <laughs> I didn't say a valuable giveaway. I said a big giveaway. It's time for the brain twister. Did you get the answer to last week's brain twister? Yeah. Let's see. If I remember right, it had to do with fantasy. Fantasy? Uh, you obviously have no recollection. So let <laughs> me reread it, and then let's talk big prize winner, Okay. Okay, I'm all ears. All right. Old man Crouch decided he was going to do something nice for his son. <laughs> you know, I knew I was right. It is a fantasy. Old man Crouch is the grumpiest and stingiest fellow in town. <laughs> Whatever, okay? Let me finish. He was going to do something nice for his son, so he told his son he would give him $1,000. Yeah, fat chance of that ever happening. Let me finish. He told his son he would give him $1,000 hard cash if he could accomplish the following task. The son was excited, so old man Crouch gave him 10 envelopes and $1,000 all in $1 bills. He told his son to place the money in the envelopes in such a manner that no matter what number of dollars Crouch asked for, his son could give it to him in one or more of the envelopes containing the exact amount of cash asked for without having to open any of the envelopes. If you can do this, said Crouch, I'll give you $1,000 minus a modest processing and handling fee. <laughs> so the question is, how did his son dole out the cash? Man, what a cheapskate. Process and handling fee for his own son? <laughs> Forget that. Were you able to solve it? Hey, come on. They don't call me Rodin Stinker for nothing. Rodin Stinker, huh? You know that uh, was actually cast in bronze back in 1904 and was originally called The Poet? Here, hey. How's this look? <laughs> you look like you're trying to go to the bathroom. Now stop with the potion and give us an answer, if you have one, Mr. Thinker. If I have one, boy, that's going to be the funniest thing you say during this whole show. <laughs> the answer is simple for a brain like in my noggin. Yeah. The contents, the contents <laughs> of the ten envelopes in dollar bills should be as follows. One, two, four, eight, sixteen. 32, 64, 128, 256, and finally 489 in the last one. The first nine numbers are in geometrical progression, and their sum deducted from 1,000 gives the contents of the 10th envelope. Wow. I mean, I'm at a loss for words. Oh, man, I finally get a wish come true. What? I said, would you look at the view? <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, did we have a correct answer? Uh, no. No one got it right? Uh, no, because no one submitted an answer. 
Wow. Maybe uh, we need to change our giveaway, huh? Maybe maybe a car. Wait a minute. A car? Oh, what? Are you nuts now? All right. Well, what do you suggest? Oh, I got it. How about rather than one of our lousy shirts, we offer a gift certificate, something they won't be embarrassed to win? <laughs> okay, okay. I get it. So um, anyway, folks, if you think you know the answer to our brain twisters, you can send us your answer at mail at hometalkguys.com. And remember, you can reread the brain twisters, which you may need to do to solve them, by visiting our website at hometalkguys.com. That's right. And on the advice and counsel of my brother, going forward, the correct answer, selected from among all the correct answers, will win a $25 gift certificate to Ace Lowe's or Home Depot. Your choice. Well, now you're talking. Okay, so what's the new brain twister you have so that they could win one of these gift certificates? All right, here it is. Let me get it in front of me here. Let's see. With the holidays upon us, Hank, from down at Hank's Hardware in Haberdasher, was preparing for his big after-Thanksgiving sale. Boy, you know, I'm looking uh, to go down there and pick up a few of his world-famous Crackbuster T-shirts. I need some gifts for some of the larger plumbers I know from the Lumberjack Lodge. (laughs) That should eliminate some of the uh, less desirable scenery around the valley. Anyway, as founder and owner, Hank has devised his own method of pricing. For example, if you were to walk into Hank's Hardware and Haberdashery today, you could buy a vest for $20, a nice pair of pants for $25, a hammer would cost you $30, and a saw would cost you $15. Using Hank's pricing method, how much would goggles cost? Boy, nice brain twister. Getting us into the holiday spirit. I like it. Well, like so many folks, I love the holiday spirit. Whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, or any of the holidays celebrated around this time of year, I especially love the lights at night. Yeah, well, I guess that explains that Smithsonian article you sent me recently. Yeah, you know, I thought that uh, history of Christmas lights, I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, and most of it was new information for me. So what do you say we share some of it with our listeners? And this would be a good time to grab a beverage of your choice and get comfy. Oh, but, you know, I, I might fall asleep if I do that. <laughs> Not you, you dingling. Our listeners. They should oh, good, good. Because <laughs> we're so packed in the bed of this truck, getting comfortable is probably impossible. Okay, so back in the 1800s, a guy named Edward Johnson, an associate of Thomas Edison, had a bright idea. Uh, is that a joke, Thomas Edison, bright idea? <laughs> the fact is, many of us tend to think of Christmas season traditions as ancient. But most of them are rather recent, born in the 19th century. For example, A Visit from St. Nicholas was published in 1823, and A Christmas Carol was in 1843. That's right. And Thomas Nast's drawings of jolly old Santa Claus didn't debut until 1862. Meanwhile, on the other side of the pond, (laughs) Queen Victoria's husband, Albert, introduced Britain to the Teutonic Tannenbaum, the Christmas tree in 1841, and the idea spread. Man, it sure did. Here in the United States, President Franklin Pierce put up a Christmas tree at the White House in 1856, and by the 1870s, fresh Christmas trees were being sold all over Washington along with pretty ornaments at Macy's. One of the special decorations that really made a tree a Christmas tree were the candles. And while flickering flames were festive and beautiful, they were also a serious fire hazard. Oh, man. And, but observing the growing popularity of Christmas trees, this is where Edward Johnson with Edison saw an opportunity. 
Yeah, and this guy, he was an insightful businessman, so Johnson decided to set up a tree by the street-side window of his parlor. Indeed, Johnson hand-wired 80 red, white, and blue light bulbs and strung them together around the Christmas tree, placed the tree on a revolving pedestal all powered by generators. Then he called a reporter. (laughs) Yeah, uh, a guy named W.A. Crawford, a veteran writer for the Detroit Post and Tribune, wrote, quote, at the rear of the beautiful parlor was a large Christmas tree presenting a most picturesque and uncanny aspect. It was brilliantly lighted with 80 lights, all encased in these tiny, dainty glass eggs and about equally divided between white, red, and blue. One can hardly imagine anything prettier, unquote. <laughs> so as Johnson had hoped, the lights drew crowds as passersby stopped to peer at the glowing marvels. Johnson not only turned his stunt into a tradition, he also pioneered the practice of doing more for Christmas each year because in 1884, the New York Times reported he had put 120 bulbs on his dazzling tree. Yep. Johnson's lights were indeed ahead of their time. And, you know, and his electricity was not routinely available, and a string of bulbs wasn't cheap at all. Boy, that's for sure. In 1900, a string of 16 bulbs sold for a pricey $12. (laughs) Get this, though. That's about $350 in today's money. Yeah. And in 1894, President Cleveland put electric lights on the White House tree. And by 1914, a 16-foot string cost just $1.75. And then, by the 1930s, colored bulbs and cones were everywhere. And today, an estimated 150 million light sets are sold in America each year, adding to the tangled million stuffed (laughs) into boxes each January. All of these lights help light some 80 million homes and, get this, consume 6% of our nation's electrical load each December. Yep. And though the contagious joy of these lights has been co-opted orange at Halloween— and read at Valentine's Day, it all started with Edward Johnson's and uncanny foresight. You know, it's all amazing to me. I, I still can't imagine what it must have been like to place real candles on a tree. I've had lots of bonfires and burned many pine trees over my years, and I can appreciate how quickly they can burn. <laughs> yeah, it gets pretty scary for sure. Yeah, You know something else that's scary? is the thought of Doc Hertzum cleaning oh. his gutters. But that's exactly what Sawmill Valley's chief engineer, wannabe handyman, and all-around good dad did earlier this week. And our traveling microphone was there to listen in. Ah, uh, the amazing microphone. <laughs> well, I bet you this was comical, given his propensities and history. I feel for his young son, so let's listen in. Son, son, wake up. It's a beautiful fall morning, and we have work to do. Aw, Dad, can't I sleep in? It's Saturday morning. I was up till 3 a.m. playing video games online. Son, video games are engineering marvels. Why, when I was your age, Pong was all the rage, and uh, I was quite the video master. Now, come on, son. This is a chance to spend quality time together. Can't I just call you on my cell phone while you work? Ah, the cell phone. Another engineering masterpiece. However, it can't replace our time together. You know, just father and son sharing life experiences while cleaning the gutters. Cleaning gutters again? But, Dad, we did that a couple weeks ago. 
Well, son, it's been a month now, and the leaves continue to fall. We don't want water damage to our home from failing gutters now, do we? Will we have to wear those funny belts again? Ah, those were lanyards, and we wear lanyards to protect us in the event we should fall. But, Dad, our gutters are only two feet off the ground, and the lanyard is three feet long. Now, son, come on. All knowledgeable roofers and handymen wear lanyards when working on a roof. Dad, why are our gutters so much lower than our neighbors? Uh, a minor oversight in the design phase. But didn't you design our house? I mean, Mom always says you're the reason for what she calls our home's oddities. Your mom says that, huh? Well, uh, yes, I, I did design our home. It's engineered to keep us warm and safe regardless of the weather. So the low gutters helps keep us safe? Son, I like your inquisitive mind. You'll be a great engineer someday. But for now, let's get to work on those gutters. But, Dad, what was the design oversight? Okay, okay. In my calculations, I failed to compute allowance for an eight-foot basement. So we were going to have a basement, and you forgot? Uh, yes. So is this why our front door is below ground level? And my room upstairs is level with the grass. Now, come on, son. Just uh, think of it this way. If there were to be a fire at home... You could open your second-floor window and quickly walk to safety. Besides, having our first floor below the ground level helps keep us and our home energy efficient. So what Mom calls an oddity are really safety and energy features? Uh, yes, <gasps> absolutely. However, your mother may not appreciate that uh, yet. Dad, while we clean the gutters... Will you remind me why we have to do it from the roof rather than just walking on the ground beside them? You betcha. Now, go ahead and get dressed, and I'll go get the ladder and meet you outside. Ah, Dad, do I have to use the ladder again? I can just jump up on the roof. If my friends see me using a ladder to climb two feet onto our roof, they'll laugh at me. Okay, okay. We'll just climb on the roof this time, but don't forget your lanyard. Now, let's get moving. We're burning daylight. Never a dull moment with Dr. Hertzum. Yeah, man. That guy is brilliant in so many ways, but I think he's also the professor of goofiness. <laughs> Speaking of goofiness, you know, we haven't done one of your world-famous word and quote of the week segments for a long time. You have any tidbits prepared to share? Uh, uh, hello, are you following along here? Uh, well, um, oh, hold on there. Uh, so uh, sorry. I was over here. I was deep in thought. <laughs> you? <laughs> Regarding what? Uh, well, I was, you know, dwelling on one of life's many deep questions. Oh, like, uh, why are we here on this earth? Well, no, actually, I was pondering, let's see, if a parsley farmer gets sued, can they garnish his wages? <laughs> <laughs> life's deep questions, huh? How about a word and quote for our week? All right, well, a good word for this week is abstemiousness. Coming from abstemious, abstemious. which means... Sparing or moderate in eating and drinking, temperate in diet. 
Ooh, good advice, although perhaps a couple days too late. Uh, I suspect with the whole holiday season, this can still come in handy between now and the end of the year. Yeah, I agree. Abstemiousness. Good word. How about a quote? That one? Yep. The quote I think I'll share this time dates back to my day, days working with other trade folks on various job sites. You know, I'd be in the middle of my project doing something, and someone would approach me and ask if I could lend them a hand. So the quote of this week is, hey, if I had an extra hand to lend you, I'd be in the circus. <laughs> you know, if you had an extra hand, you could really be an amazing juggler. So finally, after all this time, you're acknowledging my skills as a juggler. No. Actually, I'm suggesting if you had that extra hand, you could actually pick up all the oranges and apples you keep dropping as you walk around the office, allegedly juggling. You know, envy is an ugly thing. Envy. Hey, I'll admit your quote and word were good, but however, the constant fruit on the office floor, that speaks for itself. <laughs> hey, you know, each one of our listeners, and I stress the one part of that statement, <laughs> is not only entertained, but they get an education when they listen to our show. I wonder if we can start offering college credits. <laughs> college credits, more like debits, huh, from our nonsense? <laughs> nonsense, nothing. You know, we provide real information. In fact, after we take a short commercial break, we'll have another informative visit with America's handiest of the handyman, those masters of the honeydew, Max and Vinny. <laughs> well, that's exciting. You're obviously excited. <laughs> Just like our sponsors. And if you want to call with a question, remember, do so after this break. That's right. Our number is 706 657 7594. This is a Home Talk Gaz Radio Network. We'll be right back. Slim Jim here, owner, undertaker, and head makeup artist at the Last Stop Funeral Home in Taxidermy, located in the bucolic Sawmill Valley. Well, the holidays are fast approaching, and I would like to wish everyone a peaceful season. Depending on where you live, hunting season has started or is headed your way. In honor of hunting season, we are offering a casket with all camouflage interior upholstery and a gun rack. The exterior is painted to match the dirt in your area, so once in the ground, it will blend in perfectly. Hmm, interesting. Anyway, please remember that the last stop funeral home in taxidermy, when you bag that big buck, we can handle that big buck for just a few little bucks. We encourage all hunters to be safe out there. So whether you bag some big game or if you bag a big turkey, be it the fowl or someone you know, we can handle either one. The taxidermy department at the Last Stop Funeral Home is the best taxidermy department in the Sawmill Valley. Actually, we are the only taxidermy department in the Sawmill Valley. <laughs> it makes it easy to brag. The Last Stop Funeral Home and Taxidermy has burial, cremation, and stuffing services to fit your every need. So if we can help you with one deer or a deer one, just back up to our loading dock and honk twice. We are always ready to be of service. As always, this is Slim Jim saying, 
the last stop funeral home and taxidermy should be the very last item on your bucket list. Oh, and for a limited time, that same can be said about whatever game you bag. Big John here for House of Thrones Plumbing Supply. The demand for the get-out showerhead was so great we now have a waiting list until the next order arrives. So while you're waiting for those to arrive, consider the new Wonder Seat 5000. Once you experience the Wonder Seat 5000, your cheeks will never be the same. No, not the ones below your eyes. This toilet seat does it all, and still fits all standard bowls. Sure, it's heated, and of course it's padded. One of the best features is a massager for the cheeks that is activated by the occupant's weight. It also has a digital readout scale. To prevent embarrassment, if too much time passes while occupied, it plays the sound of running water to assist you. It's constructed with 21st century sound-blocking wave technology to keep any undesirable sounds from reaching the dining room. When it senses all the weight has been removed, it automatically flushes, then it releases a mist of ocean breeze disinfectant. There's lots more, but only enough time to explain one more function of this seat, so listen up. This seat has a highly refined audio sensor that can detect the sound of a zipper opening. To work, that zipper must be facing the toilet. When the sensor is triggered, it starts an automatic lifting device raising the seat, and you know the rest. Upon flushing, the seat automatically lowers, thus making everyone happy. Caution, ladies, unless you want to wash your cheeks, please face away from the toilet when unzipping your clothes. Well, I'm out of time, so for House of Thrones Plumbing Supply, this is Big John saying, now when you gotta go, stay a while. Welcome back to the Home Talk Guys radio show. Yep, and don't forget to check us out online at HomeTalkGuys.com. We have a selection of dirty Santa gifts online. To select one, just search for the Home Talk Guys on your favorite podcast site and download one of our past shows. <laughs> you know, with cooler temps, a lot of us are starting to think about fires in the fireplace. Yeah, I've actually been thinking about wood-burning stoves. Well, anything with a chimney needs to be cared for. So true. You know, if you have a fireplace, you need to keep the chimney clean by periodically removing soot and accumulated creosote. That's right. It's recommended to have the chimney professionally checked at least once a year or after about 80 fires. Yeah, that's because the exhaust fumes from the burning wood cause condensation in the chimney, and this allows creosote. This um, will stick to the inner walls, and depending on the wood, burn temperature, and other conditions, the creosote can be crusty, tar-like, or smooth and hard. Irregardless, all forms are highly combustible. If allowed to accumulate, the flames in the hearth can ignite creosote, resulting in a nasty chimney fire. That's right. So the goal here is to keep the creosote residue to a minimum, and to mm -hmm. do this, be sure to open the damper wide enough to allow ample airflow while the fire is burning. That's true, and use only seasoned wood in your fireplace because this is dried and pretty much free of moisture that can lead to increased condensation on your chimney, which you don't want. And you want to avoid overloading a wood stove's firebox. That's right. And for those of us who use a fireplace fairly often, we recommend having your chimney cleaned during fall every year to remove creosote buildup from the previous year, just to be safe. That's right. And you know what? All this chimney talk brings us today's installment of America's handiest handyman, Max and Vinny. Sure enough, they were doing some chimney work of their own, and our traveling Mike was there. All right. Let's listen and learn. 
Yo, Max, did you ever watch Mary Poppins when you were a kid? No, we didn't have uh, the money to go to the movies. Oh, why? Ah, uh, this chimney cleaning we're doing reminds me of that movie. I loved how Miss Poppins traveled with her umbrella. I always wished I could do that. Well, uh, don't uh, try it now. We got to finish cleaning this uh, chimney. Uh, uh, I'm not going anywhere. Just thinking. You know, Max, being up here on the roof brings to mind Miss Poppins' words that there's the whole world at your feet. And who gets to see it but the birds, the stars, and the chimney sweeps? <laughs> She's all right, Vinny. It's a wonderful view to behold from up here. Hey, Max, did you know what that goes up the chimney down but can't come down the chimney up? Uh, no idea. Mary Poppins umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, Vinny. Uh, seriously, though, did you know that during the Roman era, some houses were warmed with pipes laid under floors and within the walls? <clears throat> but after the fall of the Roman Empire, all those good ideas were lost. Our Italian forefathers were quite the handier folks. Uh, sad their work was a lost. Uh, indeed it was. In England, at least for more than a thousand years after the Roman Empire fell, most people lived in simplistic structures warmed by a single open fire in the middle of the room. Ooh, that's a big step backwards. It sure was. It wasn't until the Norman invasion of 1066 that the fire was moved from the floor in the center of the home to the niche in the wall. And do those who use a chimney... Uh, well, not at first. <laughs> Initially, holes were poked in the exterior wall to allow smoke to escape. <laughs> Poking holes in the exterior walls, uh, I can't imagine uh, that. Uh, uh, yep. You know, the tipping point for chimneys came in the 16th century when coal became more commonly used in the domestic setting. Coal smoke was toxic enough that coal fires required sophisticated ventilation in the form of the chimney. Amazing how something that looks so simple could take so long to come into use. Once again, Professor Vinny, you have taught me something new. Oh, Maxie, you are too kind. I just hope folks appreciate the chimney and understand that like most things in the home, chimneys need attention to work properly. They do. Periodic cleaning like we are doing for sure. Yeah, and periodic inspection for possible blockage and debris to ensure this wonderful invention does its job. Uh, speaking of inventions, did you hear about the guy who invented the door knocker? <laughs> the door knocker? You are going way back. I know nothing about the guy who invented the door knocker. <laughs> yeah, well, he won a Nobel Prize for his work. <laughs> oh, my Vinny. <laughs> they don't make them like you. You never cease to amaze me. Hey, let's uh, replace this chimney cap and grab us uh, some lunch. I've uh, got a treat, uh, a Dom's a biscotti. Oh, sweet. Hey, Maxie, you know, working around these chimneys, I can't help but wax festive. When my kiddos were young, I loved dressing up like Santa. <laughs> now that's uh, something I would have liked to see. Yeah, I even built a special fireplace in our den with a wide chimney at the base so I could fit in there and make it look like I was coming down with a bound, as the story goes. And I always made sure the kids left out a cannoli and eggnog for old St. Nick, you know. Boop, 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 boop. 
I'm Max and Vinny, the kind of handyman we aspire to be, skilled, knowledgeable, and a good sense of humor. <laughs> hey, by my calculation, we're zero for three. But, hey, we got something they don't. A great audience of listeners with outstanding questions. Questions in need of circumspect elucidation. Exactly. Wait a minute. Can't we just answer the question like we usually do? Sure, that's what I said. Circumspect elucidation. <laughs> yeah, that might be what you said, but all I hear is more of your gobbledygook word speak. Hey, 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 just pick an email from the pile and let's see if we can provide some help. Okay, um, let me go through. Okay, try this one. Thanks. Let's see. This comes from Douglas in Rising Fawn, Georgia. Oh, awesome. Hey, did you know Rising Fawn was named after the child of a Cherokee Indian chief? No. Are you serious or is this one of your jokes? No, I'm serious. I read that once and it stuck with me. Uh, you know, unlike most everything else from my whole high school days that are gone. <laughs> the Cherokee custom was to name the child after the first thing seen. So on the following dawn, the chief saw a fawn rise from its bed and thought he hadn't seen anything more beautiful. So he named his child Rising Fawn. Wow. Very cool. I love that kind of history. Anyway, let's see if we can help Douglas. Okay, fire away. So Douglas writes, let me see here. Dear Home Talk guys, they insist on playing your show every Saturday at the coffee shop I frequent, so I can't help be, uh, but listen. Hey, admit it, Dougie, you're booked. Saturdays wouldn't be the same without a dose of the Home Talk guys. <laughs> yeah, I think the coffee might, shop might have just lost a loyal patron. Anyway, Douglas goes on. Since I'm going to hear you guys every week, I decided I'd get your thoughts on a project my wife wants me to do. Uh-oh. You know, this is a no-win situation for us. What do you mean? Well, if we say X and Dougie's wife likes it, Dougie will take all the credit. If we say Y and she hates it, you know, he's going to blame home talk guys. <laughs> That's okay, man. We, we're used to taking the falls, although generally we're the ones who cause it. Uh, good point. So read on. All right, let's see here. Uh, Douglas goes on. My wife wants me to install new appliances, faucet, sink, granite countertops, Ooh. hardwood floors, and Dang. modern cabinetry in the kitchen. You should uh, know there is zero wrong with what we have right now. Ugh. But she read someplace that women always want the very <laughs> best and latest styles in their kitchen. How do you suggest I handle this? Thanks, Douglas. Sipping coffee in Rising Fawn, Georgia. Wow. Boy, that was a really good test run. Now, let me pick another email we might be able to answer and see if we can help. <laughs> Funny. Hey, Douglas needs some guidance, or he's going to need a second job. A second job is right. He's going to need to hit the lottery. We're talking thousands of dollars. Dougie, this one is one of those times when you'll have to put your foot down. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, okay? Let's uh, take this in bites. Try a little compromise. Douglas, consider sitting down with your wife and pricing out everything she wants. Include the cost of your time for any job you would do, like removing and installing new flooring. Wait a minute. Did you tell Dougie to call? I mean, how, do you know this guy? How do you know he can install a new floor? I don't. I'm saying if he can and would do it, include the cost as it'll take away from something, something else he could be doing. Oh, yeah, like sitting at the man cave watching sports. <laughs> as I was about to say, once it's all totaled, you two need to determine whether you can afford it without going into debt. Yeah, unlike our government. <laughs> anyway, sure. come on. The guy's sipping coffee at the coffee shop. If he could afford it, he'd be nursing an adult beverage at the country club. Hey, hey, that's not only uncalled for, but it lacks a proper predicate. A predicate? What? Douglas, focus on me for just a minute and tune out anything else you hear coming over the radio, okay? If you can afford it, you're frankly going to have a tough time convincing your wife not to make these changes. What? Convince? 
Dougie's the man. He needs to put his foot down. He can't hear you now. If the costs of these changes are beyond current means, you two should prioritize and then set a budget. You know, and pick off the changes one by one. Your wife will see change, and so she'll be happy, and she'll also know that continued changes are coming. Dougie, you know what? Mexico's a nice place this time of year. Maybe you move down there and start over. Hey, if you do it soon, there might still be money left after instead of all getting blown on replacing a perfectly good kitchen. He still can't hear you. Douglas, thanks for the email. Let us know how it works out. Yeah, just in case, Dougie, 59 bucks and you can learn Spanish in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, funny. You know, sometimes your frugality gets uh, the better of you. Yeah, right. Uh, hey, what's next in this show anyway? Uh, you're going to like this as it's your time to sparkle. Sparkle? Sounds like something you would say to a five-year-old ballerina. (laughs) I don't even want to imagine you in tights. I just ate before the show. Strike sparkle and insert uh, shine. No, I got a better idea. Let's strike it all and just read what's written. Speaking of reading, did I tell you I'm reading a book about anti-gravity? No. Is it any good? It's impossible to put down. (laughs) Yeah. I think you better let me handle the comedy from now on. (laughs) Okay, okay. I was just trying to add some seasoning to an overly bland show. Overly bland. Is that like giving 150%? <laughs> so uh, it's that time in the show when my brother distills his years of knowledge, experience, and scholarly research from among the finest periodicals in the dentist, veterinary, and auto repair waiting rooms to share with you a segment we call Tip of the Week. Well, thank you, Johnny. Johnny? Yeah, come on, work with me. That's what all the big-time show hosts say. <laughs> Whatever. Hey, because if nothing... It- I'm nothing, actually, if I'm not safety conscious. Safety's number one. So I wanted to share a few tips on safe decorating for the holiday season. Hey, very timely. Thanks. Uh, Tip number one, always keep live trees away from heaters and other heat sources, such as the fireplace and wood stoves. Tip number two, it dovetails with tip number one. Ooh, nice use of uh, woodworking terminology. Thanks. Uh, Keep a fire extinguisher near your live trees. Live trees are highly flammable. Underscore that and the exclamation point on it. It's that pine tree. Tip three, be sure to keep your tree hydrated. Like almost everything, the drier it is, the better it burns. So uh, check the water level every day to ensure proper hydration. Yep, and tip four, if you buy an artificial tree, make sure it's labeled fire resistant. These are less susceptible to catching fire, and also they don't need water. <laughs> Tip five, when stringing lights and decorations above your normal reach, make sure you use a good ladder and have someone supporting the base. Preferably someone who can catch an adult-sized person or pile up a bunch of pillows. You know, that advice is exactly why I do tips of this segment. Ooh. You'd leave a trail of mangled-up bodies from our listeners if I let you do it. <laughs> yeah. Now, tip number six, double-check your lights for safety and replace any lights with frayed wires broken sockets, and loose connections. Number seven, power off before you retire for the night. Turn off all lights when you go to bed and before leaving the house. This way you avoid being unaware should a short start an electrical fire. Yeah, you know what? I'll have to play this in the car with my wife. She loves to leave the lights on overnight. Yeah, well, good luck with that. Now, number eight, prevent electrical cord damage and avoid using nails or tacks to secure a cord in place. Try to use hooks or insulated staples instead. And now number nine. If you have carpet critter in the vicinity, consider using unbreakable ornaments to decorate, especially the lower part of the tree, and place fragile ornaments safely high out of reach for kids and pets. Carpet critters? 
Yeah, you know, rugrats, young kids. Hey, and my last tip is be aware of poisonous plants like poinsettias. They may look tempting to kiddos and even pets, but they are indeed poisonous when eaten. Yeah, I've heard that uh, over the years, but I've never been tempted to eat one. Well, very well done. Just another example, though, of the knowledge one gains from listening to our show. I'm telling you, this is college credit material. <laughs> yeah, right. I think the dean over at Sawmill Valley Community College would have a conniption if he even heard someone suggest that. Yeah, sometimes the truth hurts, which reminds me of a recent death here in the valley. What do you mean? Who died? I haven't heard a thing. Well, sadly, there was a death at the Roethlisberger home. Really? What happened? Well, it was Handyman Han who told me this. Apparently his wife had told him to go out in the backyard to look for the cat when he heard from over the fence the neighbor's little boy Jimmy Roethlisberger crying. So he walked over and peered over the fence and noticed a little boy was in the backyard filling in a hole. Wanting to see if there was anything he could do to alleviate the little boy's pain, Handyman Han asked, What are you doing, Jimmy? Tearfully, little Jimmy replied, My goldfish died and I just buried him. That's an awful large hole for a goldfish, isn't it, Handyman Han said. Patting down the last bit of earth, little Jimmy replied, that's because he's in your cat. Oh, jeez. You know, I should have known better than to believe you. <laughs> no calls from PETA, please. <laughs> Let's take one last break for a word from another exclusive Home Talk Guy sponsor. This is the Home Talk Guys Radio Network. We will be back in a flash. <laughs> Hello, friends. This is Clayton T. Kenworth, and the T stands for trauma. At least that's what my wife Loretta says is going to happen to me if I don't get out of this dang house and get back to managing the Big Bucks Coffee House and Wild Game Cafe. I am happy to announce the reopening of our inside seating now that Mayor Chris P. Bacon has lifted some of the COVID-19 restrictions. As you already know, we have the fastest drive through east of the west coast, and it has been overwhelmed since only the drive through has been open. In fact, let it rip Rachel develop tendonitis in her elbow. It was so busy. We had to have Harry the hammer thrower fill in for Rachel, and items ended up all over the parking lot. So we are thrilled to announce that Rachel is back. So, folks, the next time you have a hankering for some vittles or a great libation, head over to the Big Bucks Coffee House and Wild Game Cafe. We're going to start live music soon, and Slim Pickens has cleaned and disinfected everything, including the big racks. And no, not the ones on the barmaids, the ones on the animal heads on the wall. Hope to see you soon. Until then, this is Clayton T. Kenworth. Saying breaker one nine, wear a mask so you don't spread COVID one nine. Welcome back to the Home Talk, guys. We are Ken and Mark here to help rid you of wintertime rodents. That's right. And we had a listener named Wally from historic Franklin, Tennessee, email us for help. That's right. Wally wrote, Dear Home Talk guys, I caught a mouse in my attic this week, and I'm worried there may be more. What can I do to get rid of mice and keep them away? 
Wally, you are not alone. Fall and winter are prime time for mice to make their way into your house, so mouse-proofing is critical. That's for sure. A mouse in the house is bad in so many ways. Mice can wreak havoc, especially if they gnaw on wires, which can lead to house fires. And they carry a slew of illnesses and bacteria, and, and the buildup of their droppings can worsen allergy and asthma situation. That's right. A telltale sign of mice in the house are droppings, which resemble dark grains of rice about a quarter of an inch long. Except for rat droppings, which are a little wider and longer, about a half inch in <laughs> Trails of little little poop pellets are a sign that you have mice. Yeah, and another tip-off is boxes or holes chewed in drywall. Boxes in your pantry might have some chewed-in holes. That's right, or you may see debris on your shelf or gnaw marks on boxes or bags of food. And Wally, you're right about more just worrying about more mice. If you see one mouse, you're definitely going to have more than one. These buggers are looking for the same things we humans are in the winter. Food, shelter, water, and good Wi-Fi connection. <laughs> Funny. And veritably, when one mice finds its way, others will follow. And they multiply very fast. Boy, you're not kidding. Wally, we've seen all sorts of homemade repellent ideas, such as peppermint sprays, dryer sheets, cotton balls soaked in oil, and cayenne pepper. But so far, there's no science or evidence behind any of this. Or at least it's not conclusive. In fact, some experts say that mice are so used to living with humans, the smells associated with us have no impact on the mice. So here's what you need to do to eliminate these pesty little critters as fast and painless as possible. Before you put down any trappings, you need to do some research. Figure out where they're coming from. Just putting traps randomly is not ideal. Yeah, you want to determine where they're living and building nests. Once you've found those places, set your traps around those general areas. That's right. And the tried-and-true mousetrap is still very effective. Just put a dab of peanut butter on each mousetrap. That's all you need. Yep, and you get, if you get weak in the knees at the thought of a dead mouse, there are no-view mousetraps. That's true. These contraptions conceal the little buggers, and you just throw the whole thing away, although they are a bit pricey. Or you can also go a la naturel. <laughs> hey, wait, this is a family show. Come on, I'm talking about going the humane route where you trap them and then you release them back out into the wild or near your grouchy neighbor's house. <laughs> Funny. And additionally to handling the infestation inside your home, you're going to want to make sure no additional mice find their way in, as you said. Yeah, and you know, mice are able to fit through openings the size of a dime, and rats can fit through openings the size of a quarter. That's right. So look closely where pipes enter your house along the basement foundation. Be sure to replace weather stripping. Fill any gaps the size of a dime or larger with stainless steel wool or caulk. And make sure you've screened the vents and the openings of your chimney. Yep, and if the mouse gets into your garage, they may just decide to live under your car where the engine is nice and warm. Once they're under there, they can start eating wires and cause serious damage. Something else we recommend is cutting back shrubbery and branches from the exterior of your house. That's right. These provide highways for the mice and squirrels to get into your home. And keeping stacks of firewood at least 20 feet from your house as mice like to nest in those piles. Also, if you keep cereal and other pantry items in airtight containers, they're less likely to attract mice. And if you leave pet food out in a bowl all day, that gives mice another source of food. That's right. And if you get to the point where you think you need a professional, make sure you research first and then call and get an estimate to see what they would charge for a consultation. Also, make sure they're licensed by the state and if they're a member of a state or national association. All right. Good luck, Wally. Your efforts are well worth the time you're about to spend. And don't give up as Meister's persistent little buggers. All right. Hey, did you uh, make it to Big Bucks Coffee House and Wild Game Cafe this week for the up-and-comer show? Not this week. I was pondering a listener's email. What was it about? 
Well, they asked me if people who take care of chickens are literally chicken tenders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going down that road. So, so this week at the Upper Comer was a guy called Tate Fugate from Spring City, Tennessee. We're going to play a cut that he did called The Only Good Addiction. kind of music. I'm sorry I missed them. I'm sorry we don't have time to play more, but you can uh, learn more about Tate on our website. Uh, he'll likely be back, by the way, if he doesn't go big time first. Yeah, you know, being our show, he could get famous fast. <laughs> hey, you know what? We are out of time, like I said, and we need to get out of here and get out of this truck because, look, it looks like rain's coming. Yeah, boy, I can't wait till we get those promotional trucks from our new sponsor. You know, if your heart's set on those new trucks, we have a better chance with Tonka. Tonka's making full-size trucks now? Funny. We hope you've learned a little, maybe laughed a little, and tell a friend to join us next week for another edition of the Home Talk Guys radio show, home of the Honeydew Eradication Association. That's right. And please visit us online at hometalkguys.com. Check out our podcast by typing in those three monosyllabic words, Home Talk Guys. That's right. Thanks again for listening. Now, let's go out and do some good. Yo, good night, Max. Good night, the Vincenzo.